0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Another beautiful day in the neighborhood, Thursday, October 8th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do-it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you the information you need to make it a more profitable day. And as you know, we'll try to put the fun in functional sports content as well. And Kev, we've got another day of four games of divisional series in Major League Baseball. But Kev, it may be the final day we have four games because all four series are potentially Uh, A deciding game, right? The Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers have already gotten to a 2-0 lead and the American League series are 2-1 and that's where we should start, Kev, because in a pivotal game three yesterday between the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays, it was Tampa Bay who got the job done. Listen, Kiermaier goes yard, right? We had a couple of them. Tanaka was not necessarily looking Good. And I got to ask you, though, Randy Orozarena is proving to be a star out of nowhere for the Tampa Bay Rays in this playoff series. Like, what is up with this kid? Are the Rays rolling? Is Tanaka done? They now send out Jordan Montgomery to try to save the season. What were your big takeaways from game three of this series?
2: Well, I mean, listening to the broadcast, all I have to do is eat chicken and rice. And do 300 push-ups a day, right. and I too can put be, on 15 pounds of muscle. Be good old Randy, like no problem there. Look, he's been absolutely fantastic for this team, and, and their bats are hot right now, right? Like you, you know, we talked about the Yankees and their ability to hit over the last two games. Stanton, just Stanton. The, the rest of it, it's not timely, it's not consistent. Right. You know, John Carlos put. Went over the fence still in every single postseason game. Can't say enough good things about him. The Yankees' arms, you know, not getting it done to the degree that one would have hoped. It's hard to get over game two. Um, You have to give the Rays their credit, though. I mean, you look at their lineup, and Mm -hmm. you know, Meadows underperforming, who was supposed to be the lead all-star bat for this team, but As you kind of peel through it, and this has been the case all year, and it's why ultimately a Perry Yankees fans probably said the best value in the division futures market was the rage to win the American League East, which ended up happening is because there's not a lot of easy outs, not a lot of guys you just breeze on past and This Rays team continues to be a really good team. Like, they're not a fraudulent 40 and 20, they're not the Minnesota Twins, right. not the Chicago Cubs, even. It's a very, very good baseball team, which, as much as a Yankees fan, I want to get through them, right? Because of mm-hmm. even some personal uh, beef between the two clubs over the course sure. of this specific season. I said this the other day on an in game live where the Yankees were rolling, stands hitting Grand Slams. And I said, Look, I'm going to live in the moment, enjoy this game, and talk my stuff because this can go left. And right now, you know, we're one step away from the season being over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And here's the other thing for me you mentioned this, and I think it's a good point. You know, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, especially the mightier 1090 out west, thanks for waking up early with us here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. You mentioned something, Kev, that I would like to focus in on, and that they're not easy outs, but they're not the crazy names that scare you, right? But Mm. it's a lot of contact hitters, right? It's a lot of guys that Mm. can put the bat on the ball, and we've made this point. In the playoffs, it's a different style of game. Right? The same way in the basketball playoffs is different. Same way in football last year under started coming in, right? These three true outcome teams seem to be the teams that go by the wayside early on. Minnesota can't get the job done in the playoffs as a home run hitting squad. The Cincinnati Reds hit a ton of home runs but hit like 215 as a batting average, right? And this is the kind of game that in our team or makeup that in the playoffs does not look that good because you're waiting for it. The Rays are the opposite, right? They're stringing things together. They're hitting against the shift. This is a different style of play and it is putting the Yankees a little bit behind the eight ball as we turn our attention Though. The Yankees on the brink now. Kev, this surprised me a little bit. Jordan Montgomery goes for the Yankees today in Game 4 against Thompson. Rays are now up to one Rays look good. The Yankees are struggling offensively outside of Giancarlo, as you say. But the Yankees are minus 138 favorites today to win Game 4 and extend the series. The Rays come back at plus 120. I got to tell you something. Honestly, Kev, if I wasn't a big old Yankee fan, I'd be salivating at this plus number for Tampa.
2: So I think part of the reason why the number is the, is what it is is because some, I actually a little bit disagree with what you just said there, though. The, uh, the three true outcome teams. The, baseball's different. Yesterday, the Rays hit a bunch of home runs. They had a bunch of home runs to get eight runs, and sure. Jeff Passan had sent out the tweet yesterday. I think the only game, the entire postseason, where the team who out homered their opponent lost the game was last night's six-five Dodgers went over the Padres. Home runs are—they just it rules the game, but it's a matter of who can hit more of them. And I say that to say this: I think the reason why you look at it now and you see the Yankees priced the way that they are, Montgomery Thompson, who cares? This is not what we expect from the postseason. This is what happens when you play five straight days. And I think that price basically says we trust the Yankees lineup still significantly more than that of the Tampa
1: Bay Rays. Okay, so maybe then we trust this game to go over the nine and a half total as well. I'll ask Kevin about that and the other series in Major League Baseball when we come back. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. Dane and Kevin, we're looking at the American League Division Series right now where the Tampa Bay Rays are on the precipice of banging out the New York Yankees. Kev, you're mentioning that uh the home run is still live in the playoffs right and i did see something that teams that out homer the others like going into yesterday was something like 18 and 0 going yeah. into yesterday obviously that changed with the padres and dodgers which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show but then talk to me about these correlated bets kev because the yankees mm. are still favored, right they're still favored at minus 138 and I believe what you said in the last segment was that the book still trusts the Yankees' bats maybe to win this game, win this game via the home run. And you've been talking about it against good pitching like Bieber, right, against good pitching like Snell. They've been able to put up double digits. The total in this game is nine and a half. If you believe the Yankees are going to win, do you not also believe this game will go over?
2: Well, right now, I mean, Yankees games just go over regardless, right? Right. And there's been 12 runs exactly scored in all of these games. Every single Yankees playoff game has gone over, and only one game for the Rays has gone over of the five that they've played. So this is where, and I, and that was kind of something I was thinking about a little bit uh, last night as well, is, Dan, in that, the notion around playoff baseball, I think, seemingly is still there, but I just don't know if it's true anymore. Again, especially when you look at who's taking the mound today. This when because there are no days off, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not going to be able to get back to Garrett Cole for Game Four and Blake Snell. No, it's just the openers and guys that are going to go three, and you pray. So, right? I I really look at this man and. I think playing it over nine and a half is the is the only option. What's the argument for the under? I, I don't I don't really know it.
1: No, I think you're right, because, again, this isn't Cole and Snell. To be quite honest, this isn't Morton and Tanaka, right? To, to be honest, this isn't Glass now even yeah. against Garcia, right? This is what we call the rough underbelly of the staff, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I do agree this could make sense. I mean, the only thing I would say is, unfortunately, Stanton is the only bat right now that I can rely on in New York. And that would be the reason, like, honestly – in the last two games, if Stanton is not going yard, Kev, the Yankees right. have one or two runs, right? That would be the way this would go under, if at all. I certainly hope it doesn't happen, but mm-hmm. that would be the path for under betters, right? Being like, well, the Yankees are kind of slumping with the extension <laughs> of Giancarlo, and then this is almost like a prop that Giancarlo doesn't go yard. What's funny, though, is... at If
2: the Yankees' bats are struggling and then they're still putting up four or five runs, it's like, oh, okay. And that's why I still think they can win this game. But that's
1: still with a Giancarlo Stanton home run, though,
2: right? For sure. But maybe today if you sacrifice – first of all, no evidence he won't hit a home run today, right? Sure. Like, zero. He's hit one in every single game. But also, like, if you trade that for Lemayhew and Judge, right, actually getting on base. But here's the thing, right? One thing is at the end of the day, Yankees fans are not. We go through value, right? The Yanks are minus 138 to win this game. Let's say they're able to get through today. They're favorite in game five, right? Yes. Okay, well, I believe so. You can bet the you can bet the Yankees to win the series at plus two hundred. So to me, you want value, that's where you go for value. Because I do think that they will win today's game. And I don't Obviously, today's game is more important for the Yankees than the Rays. But if I'm the Rays, boy, do I not want to see Garrett Cole again. Oh, you got to get it done. Sure. You can't be staring at Gary right. Cole in a game five. Yeah, that's right. No, And especially because, the, look, the Yanks, the Yanks hit Snell significantly more than the Rays hit up, right? It's true. So, Garrett Cole. So, that's that's one of the things here is go to the series prices and you can try and find yourselves an angle or two there. Okay. If, you know – if you would like, I think two to one. And by the way, I think that's how, as a potential Yankees backer, you can get out of laying minus 140 on Montgomery. You're like two to one. If you get the job done again, we just said the Yanks will be favored tomorrow and you can get right. off the number then if you're not comfortable and lock in the honest. profit that you would right. have wanted to get on the Montgomery game.
1: That's fair, right, because the Rays will probably be staring at a plus number tomorrow if there is, in fact, a Game 5. It's all in the line there for them today in Game 4. I want to go to the other American League series, though, Kev, where, listen, in essence, the A's – save their season. You're talking about going quietly into the night. The A's were down. They saved their season. And honestly, Kev, this was a back and forth game, right? Talk about home runs. And to the point of the overs, also, they're making the point on the telecast in the American League that the ball is flying out in California. It's this dry, humid time, whether it's in L.A. or in San Diego. You know, it's hot out there. The ball is flying. But the A's get it done. 9-7 in this one. In this one, Chad Pinder Hit a home run that almost went out of Dodger Stadium to right center field, yeah. and then Murphy, oh my gosh. Murphy goes, you know, gets it done in the eighth. It was back and forth; they were tied seven seven. And I got to tell you something: the A's kept. On coming back, they had every reason to kind of shrivel up and die, but they did not. They extend the series two one. Listen, this A's team—we know there's bad blood. Regardless of the Astros bats waking up, which they are, these A's are going to fight tooth and nail until the bitter end. I thought this was massive, uh, and and
2: that's yeah. probably like, ah, oh, well, whatever. It you know, would have been over if it, if they didn't win the game, but the manner in which they did, okay, yeah. they again. Took a lead, right? But it was one-nothing. And by the end of the first, they were losing. But then they took the 7-4 lead 7-4 after six,
1: man. Yeah. But so no, but but they were up four
2: two. And again right. they handed the lead back after a big fifth inning from the Astros. Seven four, as you said. And then they just mm-hmm. chipped away. They chipped away at it. And I think for the A's, right? If you were to win this game. By, let's say, that score of 4-2 or even 3-2, you like it. You feel good about it. But a game where you can feel good about your bats, where, where everybody kind of has to then chip right. in, Liam Hendricks comes in for three mm-hmm. innings, looks yeah. awesome in his work, love yeah. the energy on the mound. This is the type of win. because. You know, this is the thing, Dan, and there's a long overarching conversation that we could probably have about this and the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs about how series are still alive in a way during these times more so than others. We ain't going back to Houston, right? Or or this game isn't in Houston. At the end of the day, we're staying put. And that's why when you look at it from your Oakland perspective or your Yankees perspective – All you got to do is win today. At the end of the day, winner-take-all games, right, no matter whether they're played in Oakland, Houston, New York, Tampa, the moon, Mars, it doesn't matter, right? It's always all your chips are on the table. Who cares? You'd rather be home. But now the fact that nobody's home and there's no crowd, all you got to do is get there, and you just then let the chips fall where they may, So I think if you're Oakland, you finally see one go in the basket. And I'm curious what the response is from the Astros. Listen, they've been here before in the postseason. They've lost postseason games before. My goodness, I don't think we talk enough about how wild that series with the Nats was in the World Series where all the games were won by the road team. But I want to see what we get from Dusty Baker. Because right Hmm. now, he's been pulling the right string. In every spot, it's felt like. But part of that is because he's been avoiding his bullpen. Boy, did that group get touched up a little bit here Mm -hmm. in this game, right? Responsible for five earned runs. So today, and we don't have a starter yet for this team, but if the starter can only give them five innings, regardless the caliber of those five innings, Can he turn to this bullpen, or are we going back to a starter? Look, he's used Valdez. We've seen Javier in this series, right? So those are the things where obviously the A's had to win the game, but they need to be feeling really good about themselves now coming into a game four.
1: Yeah, we talked about how Houston was using starter followed by starter in the last series with Minnesota. They don't have faith in that bullpen, and the A's came back against Chicago they're starting to come back against Houston and as you said we don't have a line yet on this one because Houston is starting good old TBD we'll talk about the National Mm -hmm. League side after the Sports Grid news update
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Welcome back, everybody, right here on to the early line, including our radio audience. Big shout out to our affiliates across the land, Dane Martinez and the candle burner, Kevin Walsh, giving you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. Kev, let's turn our attention to the National League, okay, where two teams are on the precipice of sweeping their way to the National League Championship Series. And we start with the Atlanta Braves, who got the job done yesterday. They went 2-0. The Marlins have not really been scoring in this series. The Braves' pitching has been good. Ian Anderson doing the trick yesterday. But here's what I got to ask you. I asked you about Randy Rosarena right? We all know that Giancarlo Stanton is killing it. Is there anyone hotter right now than Travis Darnot, though? Who is hitting home runs left and right? Kev, I remember this guy with the Mets as a light-hitting catcher, right? He was supposed yeah. to be the prize piece of a trade with R.A. Diggy. and you know, Noah Syndergaard became the prize piece of that deal, but Darnot was supposed to be this franchise catcher, defecates the mattress in his time with the Mets, and then all of a sudden, in something like a hundred and Fifty games since the Mets. He's hit, like, 30 home runs. He's hitting over 300. He belongs in the middle of the Braves lineup. And he goes yard again last night for Atlanta as they take a 2-0 series lead.
2: Leave him alone, man. It's not fair, man. The I'm not leaving I
1: leave him alone. I'm giving him props. It's just ridiculous. Like, where did no, this come I, from? No, I'm giving listen. him shine.
2: <laughs> no, no. I know. I know. I just... <laughs> it's not fair for Mets fans, man. Like, they... They're not here. They, they shouldn't have to be sick watching Braves-Marlins. I mean, well, maybe you should, actually. Like, the Marlins are in the playoffs and you're not. But you get my point. Uh, Charles Darrow's great. He's great. He was actually part of a fantasy championship for yours truly. So I, I got love for that. Good you. TDA, making it happen. I, I mean, look. Here's the thing with this series now. I actually think this is a very, very interesting game from the Braves' perspective. because. The freed Ian Anderson 1-2, we now have hmm. four games from. And as much as time we spent on, you know, your Beaver Carrasco, your right. Snell Now this duo, whoo, whoo, this duo looks great. But it's the back end for the Braves. Kyle Wright takes the mound today, who on the year had a 5-plus ERA and a 2-4 and Mm -hmm. record. Are the Braves past the front two? Do they need to win, then, games through their offense? Do they Mm. need to put up six, seven runs in order to win games that aren't thrown by Fried and Ian Anderson? Because that, well, that then does get tricky, okay? They're going up today against becoming clearly one of the guys of this show. You boy! (laughs) I forced his way into it. My friend and yours, Sixto Sanchez. And you know that I absolutely will not be going against Sixto today. I think this is a spot where, and it's so unfair to say, the Braves need to sweep to show me something. But listen, on the other side of this coin is very likely the best team in baseball, who's been the best team all year long, who's right now, right, on the cusp of sweeping the team that had a second-best record in the National League. Like, crazy enough, if we get, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but if we get Braves-Dodgers, the Braves won't actually have been, record-wise, the best team the Dodgers will have played. Lamette, Clevenger, circumstances, I agree, ultimately. You get the point I'm making, though. Sure. So I won't hold it over. The, if the Braves don't sweep, I'm not going to say, oh, they're phonies. No, but this is a game where I want to see what it looks like. I want to see, can they give the ball to Kyle Wright and he can do enough? Because I don't need you to beat Ian Anderson or Max Fried. I need you to do enough to let Acuna and Freeman and Albies win a game. Marcelo Zuna. So... That's one of the things that I'm very, very intrigued by as we enter
1: Braves-Marlins today for Game 3. So let me ask you this, because you're leading, I believe, with being impressed by the freed Ian Anderson, you know, Batman and Robin one-two punch at the top of the series, right? Mm-hmm. And that certainly happened the first two against Miami, and it certainly happened the first two against Cincinnati, right? But what about the fact that what I what I talked about before? Cincinnati is hitting 212 as a team, and is this three true outcome kind of team? The Marlins, we love the story, but it's not. You know, they do not have bats that scare you. Are you going to be confident with Freed and Anderson potentially next week against the Dodgers lineup?
2: Look, the Dodgers lineup will be the best lineup they've seen, but absolutely won't take anything away from those guys. Okay, because at the end of the day, like the the Marlins had to get through. The Cubs. That's an impressed. Like that's that's, and they were going up against okay. Darvish and Hendricks. Like, and that's the thing. At the end, of the, if I would have told you pre playoffs, Darvish and Hendricks, or yeah. Freed and Anderson, Freed and, and Anderson, you would have been right. on an island. I would have right? leaned to the Chicago Cubs side. You're absolutely correct. So, yep, I, I give both of those dudes their credit. The Dodgers, even if they don't play the Dodgers, if they play the Padres, we're talking about Tatis, right, right, right. Machado, like, could you imagine the momentum that those boys would have if it was them? So, yes, the so, toughest lineup waits on the other side of it. But that then even is more so why I want to see what three
1: and four right. look like for
2: this club. So,
1: so let's ask about it in the short term then, right, with the Marlins lineup today. Okay, coming off of Freed and Anderson. And if you want to think that those guys are legit, you know, top of the rotation guys that are yeah. causing bad offense, okay, we test that theory then. Today, with the Braves going up, I mean, with the Marlins going up against, like you said, Kyle Wright at two o'clock Eastern time, will the Marlins get off the mat? If you think it's and Anderson, then I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but wouldn't you think then against the subpar pitcher, the drop in class that Kyle Wright offers on the Hill for the Braves? Are you more mm-hmm. intrigued by the Marlins today in any of the betting markets? In the Marlins team total? In the Marlins hanging mm. into this series? You know, you can get plus money. Like, if you believe the Marlins have been stifled because of Freed and Anderson, then you should see some value on the Marlins or on the over or on the Marlins team total today. Yeah. Right? No, yeah, you should. I, but also, Yesterday, the
2: Braves were minus 230. Today, the Braves are minus 148. So it's not as if the book hasn't monsterly adjusted these numbers. So the book as well is like, look, this is Sixto. We love them And the book is like, this is not... <laughs> Respect for though, baby. As as there should be. <laughs> I would be interested, though, in backing the Marlins to even... And I don't ever do this. So... But I can tell from the numbers enough. For the Marlins to get a run and a half at minus one thirty-four, like that's not a bad price. Just for perspective, the Rays today getting a run and a half is minus one sixty-four. Like that's that's really not a hefty price to pay in the postseason to get a run and a half, right? And yeah. you know it's a bet. And you start the game winning. You know, that's part of the reason people like betting unders and people like taking points. You start the game winning the bet. It's the case here with the Marlins, so, you know, it's not something I, I would I would be against. I also might say, and this is why sometimes I, I'll lose money betting baseball, ah, the Marlins are going to win, they're going to
1: win by multiple runs. Let me lay a right, run right. and a
2: half on an alt line with Miami.
1: You know what's interesting, and I'm starting to wonder about this as we get into the playoffs, you know that, age-old adage in football that you have mentioned i know our friend gabe morrence says all the time that the point spreads don't matter right as i look Hmm. at these baseball games in the playoffs i wonder if the run line is a great way to just shave off these minus 230 favorites that we're seeing you know there were four games yesterday only one of them was a one-run game right and i wonder how many of these games wind up you know with that kind of working margin i know the natural The natural tendency may be to be like, oh, it's more nip and talk in the playoffs and stuff. But no, there was only one one one-run game yesterday. And it's the last game that we should talk about here, right? The Dodgers get it done against the San Diego Fathers, 6-5. to And I got to ask you, what was more impressive to you about Bellinger? The home run he hit or robbing Fernando Tatis of a home run? Because we got late-game situations. Tatis, you know, puts a ball that... Goes over the wall. And then even in the ninth inning, Tatis and Machado have good at-bats. I was talking about it with our guy behind the scenes, Ben O'Brien, like working walks in the ninth. But they ultimately don't get the job done. The Dodgers win 6-5. And while we've had, you know, good games, they stand on the precipice of a sweep as well.
2: Let me just say that Kevin Walsh database uh, was able yes, to peel the through quickly. There's only, there's only been uh, two games this year that were decided by a run.
0: Or this postseason
2: stretch. Yeah. The other one was actually the Last night Indians game. A 10-9. No, what win. about
1: the very first one? What about Braves-Reds that went like 13 innings? Oh, wait. Wasn't Did that, one nothing? One?
2: Kevin that was one nothing? Kevin Wall's potentially right? letting me down. Hold on. Wasn't hold it on. that
1: Reds-Braves game when where they went game? like 13 innings? I Wasn't I that one nothing? Game enough? one. Game one yeah, yeah, of yeah. Reds-Braves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, very first one. I but
2: it's know. okay. The, the Dane Martinez right? memory bank stronger than the Kevin Walsh database. Unfortunate scene. It's all good, bro. Listen, You're burning the candle at both ends. It's okay. Point still holds, right? Not a lot of games where it's mattering. It's a good point, though. Yes. The fact, though, but I'll tell you this. It's damning in the spot, one of the spots where it mattered was a Dodgers game because mm. that's the kind of team you need to do it with to shave off considerable juice. Like, I bet you there's a lot of people well, I bet you the book had a field day on that game yesterday, because people either took swings with the Padres at big plus money, or they laid a run and a half with the Dodgers. Like I bet you, that's their best case scenario right. for games where big favorites win by only one run. So that obviously last night uh, would have paid off for them. I'll tell you, Dane, it, it's it's been a it's been a ride here on this Padres team, but last yeah, night it, it really all is. started to come <laughs> back where I was I, know. I, was I know. rooting, rooting, rooting for this group. <sighs> the moment for Tatis, the moment it was there. Like, that's why I said, I'm like, look, the Beltinger play was awesome.
1: I wish it didn't happen. We would have remembered the right.
2: Tatis home run
1: a lot more, I think. We'll talk about this a little bit more on the other side of the break. Are the Padres done tonight? We'll find out. Come on back Welcome back, everybody, right here on to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, putting the fun and functional sports content. We're talking about Dodgers Padres. And Kev, you know, unfortunately, right, we have to mention Lament not on this roster. One of their best starters all season long. Clevenger, the big acquisition they made, right? Goes through an inning and a third. So this is a compromised Padres team on some level. And they are behind the eight ball now, down 2-0. And this is where it kind of comes home to roost, right? Kev, they're starting Adrian Morajong tonight, you know, in a, you know, save your season kind of spot. It'd be real great for them to have Lamette. In this spot, you know what I mean? But that is not the case, unfortunately. Talk to me about how you want to play this one. I know because the Dodgers also have not um, announced yet who their starter is, the game lines are not out. But I know Mm -hmm. you have made it a habit in this Major League Baseball playoffs, right, about looking at a change in series price and almost getting ahead of it right being like hey i'm not going to pay this price because if i get the win then i'm standing at value later in the series and Mm -hmm. i know the game line isn't out but i think you're finding some nuggets if you want to play this series a little bit longer term than just tonight yeah so what
2: is available is this series to end in three total games you can find minus 170 the dodgers correct score of 3 is minus 195, you might be sat there at home saying those are the same bet. Correct. They are the same bet. They're different markets, and it leads to different prices. What yeah. I will say, though, is that maybe gives us an indication of what tonight's line may look like. Although I would say the Dodgers not being at a $2 price feels a little surprising. Maybe you're going to beat the book if you play the minus 170 three games bet and actually get yourself some Dodgers value. The other way we can go about this is a way that we certainly have tried a a couple of times where we take a nice plus price. If we get the first result in the basket, we then can hedge off of it and lock ourselves in Mm. some profit. At the end of the day, I can tell you this for a fact. The Dodgers are not going to be minus 500 favorites today or tomorrow. The Padres getting a game and a half is plus 490. Now, we entered this series, Dane, saying we might want to lay a game and a half. So, first of all, if those at home already did that, well, you can now get plus 490 on the other side of that coin on a bet that was, I think, minus 118. Lock yourself in some nice profit. And buy, like, that's a monster gap. I know people don't like hedging. I'm sure you're sad at home saying, ah, they're going to win one of the next two. And I don't disagree. But really, should you come away with that type of a bet and walk away with no money? I don't think so. I will also say... The Padres win today, you're going to be able to lock in profit tomorrow, regardless of whether you laid a run and a half pre series.
1: Right. So I think the pods at plus 490 would be a wise investment okay fair enough i love the way you look at these series as a kind of longer term thing instead of game by game that's what we do here on sports grid try to give you the edge different ways to play it i say it all the time kev we are not only giving you a fish we are teaching you how to fish so you could do some of this on your own although it seems like you just you just want to lay down kev you just want to hang out and chill early on a early on a thursday morning it is okay i know you Going to be working on that my biggest question for you as we turn our attention we're about to turn our attention to football but my question for you kev and i started this you know we have four games today we had four games yesterday it was a beautiful thing where we were in the baseball season remember i was like this is awesome i i this is baseball stealing part of the sports fans attention again in october because of the expanded playoffs and i'm all in for it we've got four games today kev how many Major League Baseball games will we have tomorrow? We've got four series. How many of them will still be going tomorrow? We have four teams that could close it out and get to the CSs. Three of them are favored to do so. The Yankees are minus number today, even though they're down to one in their series for game four. Out of these four series, how many are still going to be going on tomorrow, Kev?
2: Nah, why not? I'll answer it in my heart. Four. Really? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All of them. All yeah. right. So that would be Oof. that would mean your boy Sixto Sanchez gets the job done. Jordan Montgomery for the Yankees. The Fathers come on back. Maybe the Tatis ball goes over the wall today. And then, of course, those Oakland A's who will not go quietly into the night. Kevin thinks they could potentially force a game five. We will see. I would love for there to be more things for me to do in the afternoon tomorrow. So we will see about that. We have to turn our attention, though, Kev, to the NFL. And quite frankly, Kev, when I was making the rundown for this show, I purposely was like, let's do baseball first. Because when we're talking about football, We may get more positive test news. It was around this time yesterday where, you know, we had to stop everything and give you the news on Stefan Gilmore, give you the news on two more Tennessee Titans. Which did happen, by the way. What's that?
2: We do have an update, by the way. We do? Yeah. The New England Patriots today, today, no positive tests. So, a step in the right direction there. That's
1: good news. That is good news, absolutely good news. It's not the end of the story, though. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that's something I think we've learned, right? That one day of negative does not necessarily foretell more and more days. I think part of the problem here was, you know, the NFL gave this all clear, right? For New England to go to Kansas City, to go on two planes and all that. And so we're seeing this with the Titans as well. We had a day of negative tests and then positive tests. So that is a great update, Kevin. And that is great news. We don't ever want more people to be infected with this virus, right? So great news. But do you think that means – what do you think that means? Like do you think the Pats and Broncos is going to be up on the board on FanDuel all of a sudden? Do you think they're leaning to play? Or is the NFL going to kind of learn their lesson and be a little bit more cautious this week? I, you know,
2: I, I don't know. I don't know because Dane, I, I wouldn't rule out Cam Newton playing quarterback for them this week. Yeah, I, and I don't. To be, I don't know if that's a mistake. That like, I don't know, I don't know if he one hundred percent shouldn't be able to play quarterback for this team this week. Like, I got to tell you, I, I just, I don't know what they're supposed to be doing. But the thing is, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to have to have the answers for this type of stuff, man. Like, it it is up to the league. It is up to their doctors, like, to to know whether or not Gilmore's positive test cancels their Week 5 matchup. Like, I don't really think, Dane, right? For someone like yourself, right? Yeah. At what point will you feel comfortable saying, okay, they should play Pats Broncos?
1: So that's a great question kev it's a great question and my fear even last week with the titans even last week with chiefs pats even this week right now is when it feels like the nfl is trying to force it through okay or in this pandemic when anybody anything is trying to force it through i believe that the nfl should have systems protocols regulations Mm-hmm. That those regulations should be guided by doctors and science and that they should be followed, regardless of if it's a practice player or a quarterback or the defensive player of the year. That's what I believe. And and from what I've heard in life, right, that if you test, you need the two negative tests. So if Cam Newton can do that, then fine. If he can't, then no. If, if if players are testing positive and the protocol then is like, hey, we gotta wait a little while for an all-clear, and that window crosses over a Sunday, well then instead of trying to push it back to Monday, they should acknowledge that and implement the other solution, even if it is less elegant and even if it requires more of a compromise. That's what I believe, Kev. And and I believe that the protocols should be based in the medical facts and what really is right about this disease and that should be the priority instead of like hey how can we still get this in as the priority and i'm not you know indicting anybody but when it feels like that's what they're trying to do as a priority that's when i get a little bit you know icky feeling shall i say um so if he tests negative and if they go through the protocol and if all that stuff happens great i just don't want it to be um massaged for the objective of playing. And I get that. What I'm trying to say
2: is I I don't know. Like, I don't think that they, right? They didn't force the issue on the Titans and the Steelers game, right? That got canceled. And I, at the time, going into patch Chiefs from the prior situations, them playing Monday – I was like all right i i yeah that's i guess this you know seems like what they're doing right so my point kind of is i really don't think that pats broncos should be up in the air i feel like we should have an answer right like i don't really know what like what is the threshold where like okay
1: cool like saturday like, but that's, that's the thing. There should be an established threshold, right? I, we should know. Right. Hey, if they test positive, whatever it is, I'm not a doctor, right? But if the policy and it's smart and whatever is, hey, three days the entire team has to go, or one day or whatever it is. My fear is that that answer should really be more like five or six days, which just isn't convenient for the NFL.
2: And I, but this is and this is why I I constantly bring up the AJ Terrell thing I, because. I, I have to wonder, right. did that give the NFL the idea that they don't have to hit pause on everything? Right. Because the thing is, I won't blame the NFL for not wanting to pause every single game every time that there's a positive test because of, of the course. nature of their schedule, that is a disaster. Now that's what happens yes. when you are going to try and run a league during a pandemic, Right. Yes. I understand though why they might think to themselves, "Well, we don't need to shut everything down." And what? And this is why I, when we have these conversations, I am more so just throwing out the questions and things that bewilder me on the subject. I don't know how the the Falcons Bears game played out the way that it did. Right? Was it just the luckiest possible scenario? right for for the league like are these things right consistent i I just that's why why i struggle with all of this so much because i don't know what to expect and and i don't feel like i know what's right or wrong enough
1: right now i mean they probably should put put all of this stuff on pause so here's the thing and i like that you bring in the aj terrell um case study okay that's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call AJ Terrell a case study. I'm going to call Cam Newton a case study, right? All of these guys are examples. I believe, and I'm not a doctor, but that the AJ Terrell case study cannot be used as proof of anything. And unfortunately, right, when you have a case study that works out well, there was no spread. That game went off, the Bears were okay, Falcons teammates okay. That's great. That's good news. But unfortunately in my opinion, I don't think it necessarily means anything for another team, another human being. And to apply that is where I think it's a slippery slope, Kev. No, I because I, it's I, still I agree. incubation periods and testing no, becomes, you but, know. And basically my point is, I sh- we should know
2: whether the past Broncos game is happening this week and whether the Chiefs Raiders game is happening this week. And we would if there was a hard and fast
1: policy that we all knew about that they could be consistent with and adhere to regardless of the name of the player, regardless of the team in question. And I wonder if that's what's actually happening. We'll talk about it more on the other side of the break here on The Early Line
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: welcome back this is the early line i am kevin walsh alongside dane martinez and we're having a conversation right now about Week five, which begins today, yet we don't know how many games are going to take place. We just got the update that uh, another round of testing for the Patriots reveals no positives. Certainly a step in the right direction there. You, know, you kind of try and figure out, Dane, what the incubation period is from Cam Newton to right. Gilmore to now, uh, of course, and trying to figure that out. Of course, the Raiders yesterday under the radar almost popping up with a positive test because it wasn't a Stephon Gilmore and it wasn't the outbreak for the Tennessee Titans. And I think of all of these games, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be ranking them of importance, but ultimately the Titans missing a second game is the most important possible outcome of this upcoming weekend.
1: Yeah, I think so, and let's not forget the Titans are AFC contenders, and these games against Pittsburgh or Buffalo are against other AFC contenders. The weird round-robin of it all, right? Because there's some Mm -hmm. Titans supposed to play the Bills, then next week the Bills on Thursday night are supposed to play the Chiefs, who just finished playing the Patriots. It's like a crazy AFC contender round-robin. We also found, Kev... The Tennessee Titans were holding practices after the facility was shut down. Like 20 players went to a random high school in the area, like right? Ryan Tannehill among them. So now the league may even have some kind of punitive damages for the Titans for, you know, not observing protocol and whether that's forfeits or draft picks or fines or what have you, that's going to be very interesting. And it kind of extends the window of when we may see tests turn positive because they were holding these workouts, including quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And that's part of what people believe is why wide receiver Corey Davis is now on that list. But the other part for me here is the NFL is trying to still move along buys the wiggle room for them to do that. Is closing in very very quickly so if this is not a you know one week thing and if this gets worse or if other tests start popping up and they are in MLS they are in NHL right they are in the country then they've kind of lost all the breathing room they had. And then it'll be real interesting to see what the NFL does with the schedule if they have to move. When we come back, though, Kevin, hour number two, we'll talk about, like, regular injuries and coaching decisions for NFL Week 5. We'll do that next on The Early Line